Epic gumdrop. Sweeter than three cannons. Hello, Jeff. Hey, James. If you have feedback for this episode, hit me up uh, at Epic Gumdrop on Twitter. Yeah. Or you can leave us comments on the website, BreakingDads.com. BreakingDads.com? BreakingDads.com. Excellent. And if you enjoyed it or hated it, uh, rate us on iTunes. Yes. Let us know. And then other people can find us. Or not. Yeah. But but do. But do, yeah. <laughs> so, again, we're headed back into classic board game territory, mm-hmm. uh, as we will do occasionally, I think, because it's always fun to go back and... Classic mass-produced game board. board Absolutely. Game yep. territory. <laughs> Necessary qualifier. Yes. Yeah, classic to some. Yeah. Although I think this one is the one mass-produced game... That tends to slide more into the classic category than out. It has more respect than most of those games of that era. Fits into a category in an easier way, I think. That's part of it. The Um, game, of course, is... Risk. Yeah. And it's not the story I thought it would be. It never is when you look at these these mass-produced games. Uh, It it starts in the 50s, Mm -hmm. uh, and it makes sense when you look at what it was kind of coming out of. Um, Again, that era of board gaming or that era of war gaming almost more yeah. is what this comes out of which soon I think after that era of war actual war yes yeah. um i think it's another one of those if you say risk someone will say yeah i i played a lot of that like yeah it's i i played a lot of that it's not a game i don't i don't hate it no which is why I, when i came to this one i had different feelings than i did with say Candyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one i was like oh yeah okay let's let's find out so Going back, I was surprised. I thought this was just another mass-marketed game right from the inception, but it's not quite. It was designed by uh, Albert Lamaris. I'm probably screwing that up. That was good. I like that. That was good. That was good. Uh, And if that name rings a bell to any of the cinephiles, that's because it is the same uh, Lamaris that won the Palme d'Or for his short films at Cannes for White Mane in 1953 and for The Red Balloon in 1956. And they are cute not cute they're yeah, that's the wrong word they're kind of cute they have moments they're of beautiful beautiful and yeah i would da- say that kind of dark they're kind of very dark yeah like there's a weird like uh like fighting oppression there's children feel yeah the white man's about a kid that's you know, this fisherman kid who goes and kind of uh saves this white stallion from these guys who are trying to collect wild horses mm-hmm. and it goes dark and then the other one's about a kid who gets a red balloon. Yes. And it becomes his, and he fights for it, and it is his friend, and he champions it, and then it gets dark. <laughs> and then it, it seems like it ends happy. But wait, wait, it, these are French they're... films? Yeah. <laughs> they, they are so French, 50s films. It's awesome. But yeah. my my kids really enjoyed them both. They were very so captivated. They didn't. They didn't identify with the children, did they? I feel like we're getting way off topic. Oh yeah, but... no, but it's it's kind of an essential yeah. segue in a way with this. Yeah, with what he does. So this is the mind that created this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids were cheering for the horse and for the balloon mm-hmm. over the children. Over the children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Anyway, you should go and watch them. We'll put links to those. Um, you can watch them on about half Thanks. an hour, forty-five Thank minutes. Thank you, YouTube. Yeah. For, yes. I guess he his family doesn't need the money from criterion collection or something i don't know how those i felt i've seen them before but i felt mm-hmm. kind of bad i was like oh this yeah wish these things were available easier yeah um anyway as though you know 
1953-56 winning can, you know, that's not enough for Albert. What would he say to that? No. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then a drink of something. Yeah. Yeah. As if to say life, you know, was good, but somehow, you know, missing that je ne sais quoi, in 1957, he brings us risk. I do like that your uh, your French-Canadian heritage, which you have none of, is coming through oh, in do, this episode. Actually, do you really? I do. My grandfather is totally French-Canadian. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm a quarter French. Oh, I got none of that in mind. Oh, that's why uh, you... you uh, I'm not going to say it sounded natural in no, any way, no, shape, no. or form. My or... French is awful. When I went to France, they looked at me like I had vomited in front of them on the ground. Okay, but to be fair, from what I've heard of service in France... <laughs> that was part of the... Yeah. No, you know, French people are lovely. That's yeah. a total... Yeah, anyway. Uh, Busting stereotypes. That's what we do on Epic Gumdrop. We talk games and we bust stereotypes. It's true. I went to play the stereotype up and you're like, no. No. <laughs> and then you look down your nose at me, which I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's long. I can do that. Hey, weren't we talking about risk? I think we were. So in 1957. Yeah, well, it, he brings us risk, but then you think, okay, is that now he's going to become yeah. a... He's just won a Palme d'Or. Mm. He's he's got beautiful films. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, yeah, I'm created, I'd be done. Created a big board game. I he doesn't um, he doesn't go into board gaming as a career. He brings its risk, and then he decides that he's going to die tragically. He decided that, did he? Yeah, I think he did. He's French. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm, I'm going to create new stereotypes. <laughs> just his existential angst. He couldn't handle it. Now he dies tragically in 1970, age 48, in a helicopter accident in Iran while filming. Uh, Le Vent des Amours or The Lover's Wind. Uh, des Amoureux. The Lover's Wind, that's it. Uh, again, still probably mangling this. But even yeah. after his death, uh, his film's completed by his family and he wins the Academy Award nomination for Best Documentary Feature. So even after death. That's pretty impressive career. So you gave us, uh, you win a Palme d'Or, you give the world risk, and uh, and they you get you nominated. die in a film that later gets nominated yeah. for a best documentary. That's an impressive. Like any one of those things is an impressive exactly. career. Exactly. I was the weird thing is that away. I think that film people will know the film stuff and have no idea that his real lasting legacy is is risk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean his his films have lasted, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's a different kind of. It's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I was not expecting that at like, all. Like, yeah, if you named any of those films, you, you'd have a small percentage of people who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of know that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe, you know, one out of a thousand would be like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Risk. It's, it, you know, I'm sh at least with the people I know, it, 99 out of 100 are going to be like, oh, yeah, Risk. And this might be just a, a North American thing. Maybe. It could be. Uh, I mean, it was originally released in 1957 in France as uh, mm -hmm. La Conquête du Monde or The Conquest of the World, uh, and then Parker Brothers brought it to us in, in the North America in 1959 as Risk the Continental Game. So in the French edition, you've got armies are little rectangular cubes, and uh, the 10 army pieces are wooden triangles. So it has this kind of more of a war gamey feel to yeah. it. Um, and that, that, of course, you know, according to the internet, because I don't own an original copy, uh, the US editions also used wooden cubes, so kind of kept with that. Uh, plastic triangles and uh, stars represented the other pieces in later editions. Yeah. That's they the first one I played was the, the plastic triangle, like the weird thin, it wasn't even a triangle cause it was, it was triangular in shape when you put it down, but it was really like 
semicircles attached huh. so that they made a triangle. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing things with my hands, and that's not working well for podcasts. Okay, I, should, I should block it so I don't yes. know what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally get that because I can see you. But yeah, you know, like, so it was easy to grab. It was right. thin at the top and sort of arched on the bottom. And, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then and then the stars, the the sort of cylinder burst. I didn't come to it. I came to it in 93. So I got the later, uh, the plastic uh, wooden, where they added the, uh, what is it? The cannon or the, they, there's a one, the 10 and the, oh, I can't even remember what it is now. I've just blocked it out. Anyway, I played yeah. the 93 version. So I missed out on the old interesting version. Yes. It would have seemed in a way more war gamey unless. I know we lost a lot of the armies because they were the thin. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. So like every time we played, we had less armies than <laughs> the previous time. It's oh. like, no, you can't be that color. We don't know. We definitely got five armies. <laughs> you can't be that color anymore. And we'd find them inside our trivial pursuit box and step on them. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Little landmine. And I, but as a kid, I just I assumed all of my parents' games were all the same age. Right. Like their old copy of Trivial Pursuit, which would have been from like 1985, yeah, was as old as apparently this copy of Risk from yeah. way back, which was in yeah. the 60s. Yeah, exactly. Do, do they still have this? Uh, I they might. I have to go check. That's I'm actually very interested to go check. Huh. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably like what's this garbage? Yeah. Three children later? No. No. But yeah, since that time, there's been like gazillion mm-hmm. rethemes of this game um and risk legacy really does stand out as an interesting take on the whole idea i've never played risk legacy yet. yeah i don't know if i want to and I, not to say not to be negative about it but it just i the time I, commitment yeah yeah and i don't know if i have a group of people i'd want to see that often emerge this narrative with yes that, that thank you jeff <laughs> so it, i like to finish on the head yes. called my family and I, yes. I like to see them every day no i yeah i don't know i I yeah I don't know yeah but it seems I like the idea I like the concept is fantastic yeah it's the time commitment for Risk Legacy exactly which I guess you should we should describe it quickly Risk Legacy it's essentially the idea that the board everything changes as you play it and you add stickers you get rid of stuff rules change over time too yeah Yeah. so it it modifies and then it becomes uh, that idea of an emerging Mm -hmm. narrative. Uh, that you walk away with at the end of having played all of these yeah. games of risk with your you know best friends and stuff yeah so you all kind of have the shared memory yeah. of this adventure and you want almost. to take over that continent first so you can name the continent yeah and forever be known as jeffistan or exactly yeah no or something it, probably worse something, I, I like the idea behind it though yeah um and of course you know it's available in app form and that's the version my kid yeah started risk playing I, with. i will say this is one classic game <laughs> Where the digital version makes it better, it makes it faster. Well, okay, because uh, I should explain this story. Uh, I had I had a boss uh, back when I worked for a living, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and he loved whenever we went on a trip to, to a trade show or anywhere. All he wanted to do was play Risk. Now they used to bring a physical copy with them. Oh my goodness! And like so, in the nineties, early nineties, they had a physical copy of Risk, which they would lay out at, when they got to the hotel and play it, or one time they're playing it in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah. As they're driving down the Autobahn in Germany. How could you? The boss is playing it in his head. He's like, okay, uh, take three armies from this place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was not there for that. And then they, then they eventually, it was on a computer and that was great. But uh, the, when, by the time I was going on trips with them, it was on the iPhone. And yeah, you know, we're, we're waiting for our connection flight and we played 
five games of risk, you know, back to back to back to back. Yeah. So, uh, I, so for me, it's better that way because it's a quick, easy way. And because it's faster, um, the one problem with risk is the inevitability of defeat where you're the guy that you know is going to be eliminated first, (laughs) at least with the app. It's five, ten minutes later, the the whole game's over, yeah. as opposed to the board game where you might as well... like Indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, you might as well go watch a movie while they finish playing yeah, it. At the theater. Yes. <laughs> that like, you go. drove to, feel like half yeah. an hour away. You, should, you, you sometimes would have time to go rent a theater, get together a little uh, repertoire playing company, <laughs> you know, assign the roles, rehearse, Write a thing. go through previews. Yeah. Wait for feedback from Playbill. So that's the nice thing about the app is uh, is that uh, you're like, oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, let me go get a drink of water and I'll come back and play oh, the you next guys game done already. Yeah, yeah. And then we can. And now I can win this time. I won't make that mistake again. Oh. I made that mistake again. So I tried to get my kids yep. to play it with me, and knowing that exactly <laughs> what you just described, they were like, really. My kid was like, can't we just play the app? Yeah. Like, because he just looked at it and was like, uh, what? And my kid will play. As you know, we often talk about our, mm-hmm. you know, our kids' experience. My kid will play anything. Yep. Like he will play any. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <clears throat> power Grid. He loves Power yep. Grid. So long games don't intimidate him. Yep. This one, he just went. Uh, this looks. I know I can play it faster. So I, you know, I think if there was a Power Grid app, maybe he would go for that instead. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was like pulling teeth. I was like, okay, really? I've yeah. got it out. You know, he still had the little. It's. it's I mean, they did a good job. It's little containers of stuff. Mm-hmm. A little bit hard to discern all the little bits in the that 93 plastic set. They all kind of yeah. look the same. Pulled it all apart. Got it set up. Um, the five-year-old, you know, she was not impressed. Uh, she just yes. kind of like, uh, okay, I like rolling dice, but I don't like this rolling dice. Yeah. So we lost her. <laughs> and then I, we got about half an hour into it, and then I let them free. I was like, okay. He was so not into it. He's just like, this is not fun. So your attempt to recapture your own youth. Well, I didn't think it would be fun, but I thought he might be intrigued <laughs> by it. I was curious to get well, the reaction. You, you must have sold the game well. <laughs> I really... No, I was like... Come yeah. on, kids. I don't think this will be fun, uh, but I'm interested to get your reaction. Mom and I played many, many hours of this. We played we played a lot of Risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than probably should have in the early 90s. Yeah. And it filled the time. See, because Risk, when you had people over, was better than Scrabble. Yeah, because Scrabble was a oh. game called "Which one of my friends is the dumbest?" Which, yeah. by the way, it was me. I was the dumbest <laughs> when I played. Uh, I just I can't spell. Uh, whereas Risk, everybody gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked. It exactly. It was a yeah. good game to play as a group. Um, and yeah, it uh, kids today. I don't know. I can see it's a hard sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that indeterminate. Yeah. Yes. The player elimination is awful, and yeah. the, just the vagueness of that. So, but you know, the game makes sense. In 1957 terms, mm-hmm. like as you said, you know, it's the end of the war, the World War II, the Korean War. Those are barely out of people's minds. So it is a game that contextually is, you know, totally appropriate. Um, I could see families enjoying this in a different way. It mm-hmm. would have been more real, and also there was you know, contextually, what else was there available for games yep. in '59 in yep. North America? So yeah. Uh, not at all what I thought that would be. Uh, it's interesting to see the legacy, you know, kind of as it spread around the world and continued, uh, you see different versions get a little bit weird. Like the mm-hmm. Germans, this is kind of what actually got me intrigued. I was looking, researching something else and ran across a reference to that the Germans 
uh, re refused to title risk by its nor what its North American title was or or its French title. They called it liberate the world, not yeah. conquer the world, because uh, German Germany has a, an aversion to war gaming post yes. World War Two, which is totally understandable. Yeah, because it's really tough when you pick up a game and you're the bad guy. Yeah, in every game. No, it's a little too. They probably did not like '80s movies either. Or I guess pre-'80s movies. Yeah, that's yeah. like when Russia was when the Cold War was in full swing. They were like, "Oh, thank goodness, <laughs> the heat's off." Different accent for the bad guy. Finally. Yeah, yeah. It's and while the recent English Risk uh, it has a subtitle of the Game of Global Domination or the World Conquest Game, a recent German Risk is subtitled uh, again. I'll probably mangle this. Uh, das große Strategische Spiel. Or the great strategy game, um, so selling it. I don't. I don't know if that's true, Germany. I think you're you're overselling it a little bit. Yeah, it's not the great strategy. It is a strategy game. Yeah, a great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I want strategy the, like because the strategy is uh like do I spend these cards now or not, and <laughs> do I attack there or not, or I do I move Am I all in? Do I move this cube from that square to this square? How much do I like rolling dice? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> it really should be called the uh, great probability deduction game yeah where you try to figure out what are my odds of rolling what i need to roll exactly on each i you know yeah i don't hate the game no it's it's has its i i would play it like if we were to sit down and play risk i would, I would play risk but it just risk meh. is best with a bunch of people that take it seriously but not too seriously right like seriously enough that it feels like when you're defeating them and your army's rolling over yeah. them that you're accomplishing something yeah. other than just rolling dice and having the right pips come up. But they don't have graph paper and tabulation. Yeah, or yeah, they don't get angry when they die. Right. Like that's because you get the guy that's They've like internalized their army. Yeah. You don't want to have. I am green. You know that the the uh, Hitler bunker scene that they keep replaying with different, right. different like Hitler finds out Xbox right. Live costs money, yeah. you know, like and you they could, he freaks out. Yeah. That's you don't want that scene in front of you ever when you're playing a war game where the guy's just nine, nine, nine. nine. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it and it seems like I, you know, it's there must be something about it. I think it's exactly the same thing with us, where it's kind yeah. of it's it's passably interesting enough mm -hmm. that it internationally it's done so well. You see so many interesting covers. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I've overkilled it as a game. Like I don't know that I. I mean, I would play it again, but if that was were my only option. Right. I wouldn't be averse. If you said, oh, hey, the world's ended. All the other board games have burned up. Let's play Risk. I'd be like, yeah, all right. And not like, oh, right. You wouldn't be like, there's not a deck of cards around? Yeah, exactly. Hey, can we just throw sticks and rocks at a wall? We've got toilet paper and a yeah. marker. Let's just make, <laughs> make our own version of oh. Carcassonne. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. I, yeah, it's not. that. I think this sums it up. Of of the you know so-called classic games, the mass-produced classic games. Yeah. It's head and shoulders above all the rest. I think so. In terms of ability to have fun while playing. Yeah. Um, but it's not without its problems. No. I think it, it might be thematically harder to get the whole family interested. I mean, mm -hmm. because it is more in the light wargaming family as a game. It, right. Grandma might not want to play it. Whereas, you know, if on at Christmas time, you break out Clue. Yeah, you might have more buy-in from or, everyone. Or apples to apples. Yeah, something yeah. that just has a more universal appeal. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas I thought my kids might be more into this because you know it. World domination. Yeah, yeah. what what's not to like? Exactly. Ch children dream about this every day. <laughs> they wake up. How will I dominate the world today? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it, no, it's doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
So we'll see. Maybe when they grow up, but I doubt it. Yeah, they'll. The thing is, you've ruined them already. This is the problem. Is yeah, when you played Risk, you hadn't played better versions of Risk. Well, they're going to want to play Twilight Imperium. Yeah, exactly. Gonna, like, like I, I think, yeah, if we're going to dedicate that much time to finishing it, setting up and finishing a game, let's yeah. play Twilight Imperium. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's one of the problem. You know, and I, you've I, ruined them. I have ruined them. You've I, ruined your children. I was again researching something else. I was reading about eighteen XX games last night, and yeah. I, I genuinely was thinking in my head, I was like. Yeah, I think it's almost time I can introduce the kid to these. <laughs> I think he would yeah. like these. Something very weirdly, I, I think he would just enjoy something about it. Your kid's going to have no fun at any sleepover ever. No, no. Hey, let's play Meal Born. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my wife did play that with him recently. They weren't impressed. No. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, so it's like a set collection game. You can just put it down in front of you. Okay. <laughs> Let's play Seven Wonders instead if we're going to do that. Can we do this as a card draft variant where we hand our, our cans <laughs> around? Like, wouldn't that be a better game? He'd say. Uh, yeah. So I, I, because of all that, I thought he would like it, but no. No. <laughs> no. But I'm sure there are people out there. Yep. I would love to hear uh, your risk stories. I'm sure there's, tell us your risk variants or tell us, you know, in what way you've made the game better or more enjoyable or why we should. I don't hate it. Why? But why we should bring it out more, or or tell us why you hate it. Tell us your worst risk experience mm -hmm. about that friend who is just a big jerk. Yeah. Or if you happen to know of any other uh, people who have created a game a long time ago that still sells every day all around the world, and was nominated for an Oscar and won a Palme d'Or. Yeah. Uh, let us know that because yeah. I feel like it seems like a small category to fit people into. Yes. <laughs> He's in a room by himself. <laughs> But yeah, you should definitely go watch his movies. Yep. Set, put put Risk back on the shelf. You could do both. You could play Risk while watching the movies. You could watch the movies several times over while playing Risk. Yes. <laughs> they are not that long. Half hour, 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go play Risk now, Jeff? Yeah, all right. On tablet? <laughs> Is there any other way? Yeah. Let's go. I've been James. And I'm still Jeff. And we will see you next time.